The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to Hoopball Hawks, the show here on the Hoopball Network that has taken flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm recording this on Thursday, November 4th, right after last night's game versus the Brooklyn Nets, where disappointing end of the third quarter led to the demise of the Atlanta Hawks. And I really thought, and a lot of people thought that they were going to turn the corner after that game versus the Washington Wizards prior. And there was some good last night, but there was still some signs of uncomfort on the offensive end that I talked about on the previous episode. So we're going to get into all of that, briefly talk about where I thought they turned the corner in the Wizards game and then where <laughs> they ran into the Brooklyn Nets around the corner. This is episode 99, by the way. Shout out to everybody who's been day one or jumped on the bandwagon on this uh, program here at Hoopball Hawks. I thank you for your support. And I'm hoping episode 100 is a lot more positive than this episode. And you, you guys know I'm not a real negative person, but we're going to have to talk about some things. I mean, a couple days ago, the Hawks, you know, dropped one in Philadelphia. Didn't look great, but Philadelphia had a lot of emotion going into it. Obviously, we were the team that bounced them out. They came out and they looked like game breakers. They did. And then we wait a day and then we take on the Washington Wizards here at home where we're undefeated at home. So we protect home court, which is a good sign going into tonight's contest versus the Utah Jazz, who obviously a very, very tough opponent. And this is a very tough stretch of the schedule that we've already talked about. But truly hoping for a good performance here at home versus the Washington Wizards. And we got that. Um, we held Bill to, you know, 24 points, which... He still scored 24, but on 21 shots, 3 of 11 from 3. You know, Kuzma gives you 18, but Caldwell Pope is not over 20 like in that game prior when we took on the Wizards. Montrez Harrell doesn't have 20 points, 13 and 8 in that game. You forced him to 33% shooting from the three-point line, uh, 48% from the floor, so... The Wizards were still getting theirs, and they're a good offensive team. They are a really good offensive team. I have to give them that early on. But the Hawks were moving the ball. It was evident. 24 team assists. That's the sweet spot that we talk about. You out-rebound the Wizards, even though Gafford and Harrell are terrors on the boards. You out-rebound them, which is always great. 
Both teams didn't miss a free throw, so that was fun to watch throughout the game. Uh, 45 of 45 uh, for the teams combined. You keep the turnovers down. You get you some steals. You get you some blocks. You, I mean, they just played good. They played good basketball, and they played better defensively than they did against the Wizards, you know, the two games prior to that. And you get a dub at home. You They do a really good job of protecting home court. You know, Dan, uh, shout out Dan, if you listen to the program. I know you generally do. They do a really good job of protecting home court, which is one of the things that Nate McMillan wanted to do coming into the season. You always want to have a great record at home. You want to protect State Farm Arena, have the energy, have the home crowd behind you to give you that lift. And it's evident early on in the season. And, you know, at home, you had some good performances. Bogey had a really good shooting performance on Monday night. 16 points, added six assists, six rebounds. He was four or six from three-point range, five and nine from the field. And generally when Bogey hits three three-pointers, the Hawks generally win the game. He was plus 20 and plus minus, which was the highest on the team that night. So really great game from Bogey. You know, Trey Young gets you 26 points, 6 of 17 shooting from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3, but adds 6 assists and 4 rebounds. He's been really doing better going for loose balls, getting the boards this year. Uh, Clint Capella, 16 and 12, really good game. He had a pretty poor game against Washington, you know, a couple games prior, but really showed up that night. DeAndre Hunter was Trying to find his shot, 5 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 4 from three-point range. But he had 11 points. Uh, seven Hawks in double digits, by the way, this game. John Collins gets you 12 points, uh, almost a career high. I think a career high, six dimes and nine rebounds. So even though he wasn't scoring a ton of points and didn't get a double-double on the glass, getting six assists, getting a block, doing what he can. He was a real positive impact on the floor, as he always is. And then off the bench, you get a good game from Gallinari, who had four three-pointers, 12 points, five rebounds. Cam Reddish scores in double digits again off the bench with 15, and then Lou Will gives you six. So it was just a, a good team performance. They shot 38% from three and shot 34 threes, which is a lot more than they were shooting prior. So I saw more three-pointers. We saw more free-throw attempts on Monday, which was extremely encouraging, you know, and even Trey Young himself got to the free throw line, I want to say 11 times, and yeah, he was 11-11 from the free throw line, and we talked about on the program, he was only averaging below five free throw attempts per game going into that game, and now he has 11, which is closer to what he was getting last year. Last year, he averaged almost nine free throw attempts per game, so Got himself to the free throw line. They were shooting more threes. You know, as a team, they got to the free throw line more. I mean, like I said, did not miss a free throw attempt that night, but 29 free throw attempts as a team. And they were averaging, as a team, 15. So you get 14 more free throw attempts that you've been averaging this year. So just a really good game. And I was like, hey, this could be the game to turn the corner. And they needed a game like this 
before last night's game when they took on the Brooklyn Nets where you got to get to the free throw line. You got to, you know, shoot and make three-pointers. You, you got to do everything you can because we know James Harden and Kevin Durant are those guys. They are. And they don't have Kyrie. So this was a game. I'm not going to say that in the national televised game on ESPN. I'm not saying this is a game that you could not lose, but it'd be damn sure good for them to win this game. It, just flat out, on the road, measuring stick game against a team with Kyrie Irving is probably the favorite to win it all this year. And even without Kyrie Irving, they're a tough out as they prove to go seven games with the defending NBA champion, you know, Milwaukee Bucks last year. And then obviously we took it to six after that. And it was a back and forth game for most of the game. And then the third quarter happened. And if you guys were watching this, you you knew what happened. You get to the third quarter, and then all of a sudden, you just get away offensively from what has been working. Turnovers, bad shot selection. And then all of a sudden, in a blink of an eye, after it was a back-and-forth game where no team led no more than three points, 20-4 to four run going into the fourth quarter for the Brooklyn Nets. 95-79 to 79 going into the fourth quarter. And now you have an uphill battle. Yes, the final score ended up being 117-108. So, nine-point game. And honestly, how they were playing before the third quarter, well, the end of the third quarter, the Nets were not nine points better than the Hawks. I think the line going into the game was a four-point favorite in favor of Brooklyn. And honestly, neither team was a three, four-point favorite over the other throughout the entire stretch of the game until the Hawks shot themselves in the foot in that third quarter. It was just bad, just really bad. You know, rush shots from Cam Reddish, missed shot here, bad shot, bad shot, bad shot selection there. And then leading to easy baskets for the Nets. And that's one thing you cannot give this Brooklyn Nets team. You cannot give them easy shots based off of your mistakes. And then you finally have a game where DeAndre Hunter, and it seems like the anytime DeAndre Hunter plays the Nets, he steps his game up because that was the game early last season that I saw from DeAndre Hunter. And I was like, wow, like, this dude's confident. This dude put the work in this offseason. It was very encouraging. You have a strong game from DeAndre Hunter, and you're just so happy to see this performance. I mean, he led the team in scoring 26 points, 10 of 11 shooting from the floor, made all six of his three-point attempts, six of six from the three-point line. Just a phenomenal game. From DeAndre Hunter guarding, you know, Kevin Durant or James Harden in stretches and giving his all def defensively. I mean, yeah, those guys are all NBA players, two of the best scorers ever in the NBA. So <laughs> beggars can't be choosers as far as stopping them. But you get a almost a career game. And he's had some career games last year where, like I said, DeAndre Hunter could have been in the most improved player conversation last year if he stayed healthy.
you squander a 26-point performance from DeAndre Hunter. Finally, feeling confident, looking good. Kevin Herter, who's been struggling early on this season, obviously coming off of injury himself and obviously more crowded team right now. A lot of mouths to feed, which I'll talk about that here a little bit later. 16 points off the bench, 7-9 shooting from the floor, 2 of 2 from the three-point line. So you get, what is that, 42 points between two players that aren't Trey Young, John Collins, or Bogey. Okay, you think you're going to win that game. Trey Young struggled shooting the ball a lot in last night's game. 6 of 22 from the floor, 2 of 6 from 3. Still got your 21 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds. So almost had a triple-double. So statistically, Trey Young has a good game outside of obviously his efficiency as far as knocking down shots. Only two turnovers from him as the primary ball handler on this team. You, but I mean, you got to shoot better from the floor if you're Trey Young. I mean, flat out. I mean, if DeAndre Hunter is the leading scorer on his team. Generally, you're going to want one of your other big three, quote-unquote, to carry the load as well. And, yeah, 21 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. It's carrying a load, but 6 of 22, you got to make more shots. you got to be more efficient from the floor. And, you know, they were really keying in on Trey Young last night. They were trying to make it hard, throw multiple bodies at him in the pick and roll situation, make it tough, force him into some tough shots, and that's credit to the Brooklyn Nets defense, and that's not something a lot of people say uh, when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you get 13 points, 16 rebounds from Capella, five of eight from the floor. You know he shot well from the free throw line, got three free throw attempts, and I will say, Trung Young got to the free throw line eight times, so. I'm happy that he got to the free throw line. He was 7-8 from the free throw line. And then Capella plays 33 minutes. Looks good in 33 minutes. John Collins was questionable with a foot injury going into last night's game. So probably caused him some discomfort. Did not shoot well from the floor himself. Typically what we're used to seeing. 5 of 14 from the floor. 1 of 5 from 3. 13 points. 12 rebounds. So double-double. But the foot... Could have been bothering him. Bogey doesn't shoot well. 3 of 10 from the floor. 1 of 5 from 3. 8 points. 4 rebounds. Cam Reddish struggled last night. And his shot selection was less to be desired in that game. 1 of 6 from the floor. 0 of 3 from 3. 2 points. Gallo gives you 7 off the bench. And as a team, the Hawks shot. 44%, which isn't terrible, but compared to the Nets, they shot 49%. You shoot 35 threes, that's good. Shoot 37% from three in a normal game, that's good. And at one point, they were 44% from three matching Brooklyn, but Brooklyn ends up shooting 22 threes, you know, making 22 threes, and then shooting 46% from the floor. From three-point range. You don't get a lot of free throw attempts. Neither team does. Shoot 
you out-rebound Brooklyn, which you should, but the ball movement. The ball movement, yeah, Trey Young got his assist, 23 team assist, just shy of that magic number of 24 that I like. But when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, 34 team assist. That was a big key. And obviously the turnovers. Yes, Brooklyn had more turnovers than the Hawks, but the 14 Hawks turnovers led to 26 Brooklyn Nets points. And the Brooklyn Nets had 28 points on the fast break. Those are the stats right there. Shot selection, costly turnovers, and they were doing pretty good, I said, in the league of keeping the turnovers down, but the turnovers leading directly to points for the other team, shot selection, and ball movement. Those are the three things that are killing the Hawks right now. And then, obviously, you know, Durant doing Durant things, 32 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 13 of 20 from the floor, 2 of 6 from 3. You know, some big threes and stretch, two big threes for Blake Griffin to give him 7. Joe Harris, we kept leaving him open. Six three-pointers from him, 18 points. James Harden, you know, when you hold James Harden to 5 or 14 from the floor, it's typically a good night, but... All five of his makes were three-pointers. He added 11 assists, four rebounds. You only get one free throw attempt, so you'll take that from James Harden. You will, especially when he plays 36 minutes. You'll take that. But then you get Aldridge off the bench, getting you 10, you know, being a big body, big presence, hit two three-pointers. Patty Mills gets you 14 off the bench. So it was just a good team performance. From Brooklyn, they did some good things on the defensive end. And back to the Hawks, you got to get to the free throw line, which neither team did. So I'll throw that out for this one. You know, shooting threes, they're trying to do that. I'll give them that. But it comes down to ball movement and turnovers that are costly for this Hawks team leading to fast break points and leading to points off turnovers. And I, I talked about it on Twitter with some with some people on Twitter about how it's early. It is still early. And as much as people may want to panic, it's still game eight. Still game eight. And there's some things to think about. There's yes, there's a lot of teams that have been gelling early. I get that. Our division is not going to be easy this year. Everyone's looking good. Washington, we're split with them right now. now one and one. Miami, we haven't seen Charlotte yet, who's been looking good. Uh, the Wizards, who we already talked about. And I feel like the Magic are going to be a tough team. They're going to be a 20-win team. But they're going to give some people fits because they're young and they're hungry. And they're, you know, playing hard. And this was a disappointing loss, in my opinion, more so than Philly, because the Hawks just shot themselves in the foot. And I know people are complaining about the rotations from Nate McMillan. And yes, and I even tweeted this. I said rotations have been questionable for sure. More players are available this year. And you got some people coming off injury on some restrictions. So there's new challenges as far as figuring out 
rotation in lineups right now because there's a lot of mouths to feed. But it's still October, but it does need to be solidified. And you would love for that to be solidified in this tough stretch of the season. And there's a lot of frustration from Hawks fans. Higher expectations. Very understandable if you're frustrated right now. And in my opinion, as I talked about, they looked uncomfortable offensively early on in this season because they have to account for more people, feed more people, get them shots. And this is going to be a work in progress. And we have to look at the Hawks isolated from everybody else in the league. You have to just look at the Hawks because, yes, the Bulls look good. The Hornets look good. The Heat look good. The Knicks look good. What's the difference in them than us? We went further in the postseason, in this, and we played more games than they did. We had a shorter offseason than they did. The Milwaukee Bucks have been kind of struggling out the gate. They played deep into the playoffs. The Suns have struggled a little bit out the gate. They played deep into the season last year. Those teams that played deep into the playoffs last year, and it's still not a normal, as far as length, offseason yet. We're still trying to get there, but those teams had a shorter offseason. A lot of those teams had some injuries coming into training camp, especially the Hawks had a lot of guys on the injury point. Injury, injury report going into training camp. Like I said, shorter offseason, deep into the season. And they're trying to get them back in rhythm, get them healthy on the fly, figure out rotations on the fly. So there's a lot of moving parts right now. There's, Like I said, there's, and I tweeted this too, there's too many people trying to get theirs right now, get in rhythm, and it's coming at expense of, of others on the team and the offensive flow. I'm glad to see, you know, Cam Reddish is, you know, being confident shooting shots, but some of his shot selection is coming to the detriment of the offensive flow, causing easy opportunities for the Brooklyn Nets that you saw last night. Yes, he's had a really, really good start to the season, but that shot selection is still something that he needs to work on, in my opinion. Get your shot within the flow of the offense. DeAndre Hunter doing his thing, trying to get in the rhythm. He got in the rhythm last night, you know. But did it come to expense of some other players who need shots as well? Bogey not getting as many shot attempts. You know, Trey Young trying to get everybody involved, but his shot's not falling last night. You know, John Collins with the foot. So there's some other things that played into last night, but those are the things that we have to look at the situation for what it is. We're not coming in on the same rest as everybody else. Our injury report was pretty long going into training camp, and so now these guys are finally, as they're playing games, playing back-to-backs. We have a game tonight against Utah that's going to be tough. But it's going to be home, so I expect them to protect home court and give a better effort and fix the mistakes that they made last night to hopefully get a dub tonight. But we're trying to do this on the fly. And before Nate McMillan took over this team, you would have killed 
four or five hundred stretch from Lloyd Pierce or with some of the players that we had on this team. Expectations are higher. Five hundred is not going to cut it. Tougher opponents around the corner too. You would kill for five hundred, but I would like more than that. But the Hawks are battling a lot of internal things, not negative internal things, just things that happen in team sports. People coming off of injury, they have a lot of mouths to feed, which is why we always, on this program and others surrounding the Hawks, you talk about a potential move later on to get a star because you have a lot of mouths to feed. Someone's always going to get left out. Someone's going to always be out of rhythm. Someone's not going to be happy. You know, you got to think about the greater good of the team. And when people are trying to get back into rhythm, I don't necessarily see that. So that's why ball movement is crucial. That's why great shot selection is crucial. Trying to get to the foul line is crucial. Being aggressive on offense, but making sure people get their touches and the best shot is taken, taken in the offensive possession. Is crucial because defensively, I think the Hawks are fine. I think they are fine. Yes, we got we 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 can't lose sight of shooters. We can't. Hawks do have a problem with that at times. But Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, healthy. Hopefully, on the wing, they can alleviate that. But outside of that, I think the Hawks are fine on the defensive end. It's about getting comfortable on the offensive end. With being uncomfortable with your shot selection, your touches, you as a team they gotta they gotta work through this. They have to work through this. Like I said, Collins needs his touches. DeAndre Hunter certainly does need his touches, especially when he's hot like last night. Capella needs to continue to do his thing. He doesn't need a ton of shots, but when you get your opportunities, you make them. He did that last night. Trey Young, you gotta make your shots outside of ball. You know, distributing the ball out to other people, which that's a tall order. That's a tall order for anybody. And the fact that he does it how he does is a testament to him as a player. That's why he is one of the top 15, 18 players in the NBA, no matter where you rank him. Bogey, when you get your touches, you got to make them. You know, Cam Reddish, you got to have better shot selection. You know, I like when Kevin Herter gets in the paint. He doesn't need to shoot four threes, in my opinion. 3-3 three, three is just fine. But if you're getting into the paint, shooting that mid-range jumper, that's good shot selection for him. So, it's all about getting comfortable offensively with this team. You know, there's games like the Wizards and the Mavericks and the Pistons where you see it. And then there's times where they play against, you know, stiffer competition and they seem kind of lost in translation. When the defense is, you know, tight and, you know, they double Trey Young and they Trey Young kicks it out. People rush shot attempts instead of trying to break down the defense, continue to move the ball, continue movement on offense to get the best look. It's a tall order for Nick McMillan. So if you want to clown the rotations, you want to clown those decisions. I don't blame you. You are entitled to your own opinion. But the Hawks have a lot of things working against them right now like I said that short rest that injury report that's real and both of the teams 
that were in the Eastern Conference Finals right now last year. The Hawks and the Bucks are both 4-4 four four right now. Both dealing with injuries. The Brooklyn Nets, who was in the semis last year, 5-3. and three. People expected them to be better. But obviously Kyrie's not on that team, so I get that. We'll give them that. Philadelphia, 6-2. and two. They're the outlier right now. But they didn't really have any injuries. They just have the Ben Simmons saga pretty much going on there. So it's soap opera. Every other team that's pretty much in the top eight when you look at the East did not play deep in the playoffs. And then in the West, Phoenix and the Clippers. Both were in the Western Conference Finals. Three and three, Phoenix right now. Three and four, Clippers right now. Every other team that was not as deep into the playoffs last year, better record than them. Denver, four and four. Yeah, kind of slow out the gate. But they're four and four. Utah, they're six and one. That's just a good team. And obviously we're gonna see Utah tonight. And you know, their only losses to the Bulls on the road. The Bulls on the road, that's the only loss right now. They've beaten the Bucks shorthanded this year right now. You know, they beat the Rockets, who they're the Rockets. You beat the Kings, who the Kings, but they're playing better right now. You beat the Nuggets, who I talked about are struggling out the gate. Beat the Thunder. So, yeah, they've played some teams. they played some teams, but they haven't played them at full strength. The Hawks are closer to full strength than some of those teams, but it is still early in the season. It is still game eight. And like I said, everyone has a tough 10-game stretch. Everyone has them. You would... Hope that the Hawks, with higher expectations, work out of this. And I think they will. But they got to get comfortable offensively. They got to figure out what works for them. They got to work on shot selection, ball movement, off-ball movement, movement on offense in general. You got to get to the free throw line. And you got to, like I said, you got to limit transition opportunities and those points off turnovers. That's going to be a key, especially against a good defensive team in Utah tonight. They're going to play good defense, and they're going to take advantage of your mistakes. So, And Nate McMillan talked about that in the press conference last night. you got to limit those mistakes. So I really wanted to come on this program. It's not a state of an address. <laughs> it's not that. But this is going to, we're going to call it for what it is. And hopefully they can right the ship coming back home tonight against a really good opponent. Here at the State Farm Arena, they're going to have the City Edition jerseys that are fire. And hopefully they come out with some fire and they execute, 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 execute on the offensive end. Because that's what's been killing them. So we'll see if they can turn the corner tonight. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks, share it with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball enthusiasts. Also, shout out to the Braves winning the World Series. Happy for the city of Atlanta. Still want my St. Louis Cardinals to get one soon, but we got to give credit where credit's due. Hell of a turnaround for the Braves team. And let's hope the Hawks have that same turnaround too. Get back into playoff conversation in the East and back 
hopefully to the Eastern Conference Finals. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett, 67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Let's go, Hawks. Let's turn this thing around tonight versus Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and the Jazz here at home. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.